Hey, welcome again to Real You. Um, I want to continue our thought on the humanity of God. We talk a lot about the divinity of the divine nature or the divine human or the manifesting the uh, manifest presence of God or however you wanted to define that. Um, let, me, let me read this to you. Um, it is not it is not evident that the father accepts the sacrifice not because he demands it or feels some need for it but in order to carry out his own plan humanity had to be brought to life by the humanity of God and it had to be called back to him by his son and let the rest be adored in silence so humanity had to be brought back to life by the humanity of God and so I want to continue this thought about the humanity of God and this idea of the nativity or incarnation or the um, virgin birth or how, however, you know, you're comfortable in talking about what happened. But we talked last time about the reality that, um, you know, God was, um, God called it, some of the early fathers called it the, the recreated secret by which human nature was assumed and restored back to its original state. So I want to, before we get into Luke 1 again, and talking about Mary and Gabriel and all that, I want to I read this again. Um, St. Gregory Nazianzen was, uh, I read a lot about from him, and uh, I like the way he thinks. It, it really speaks to me. So we're going to talk about the humanity of God again as it relates to the divinity of man. He wrote these words. He took our flesh, and our flesh became God, since it is united with God and forms a single entity with him. For the higher perfection dominated, resulting in my becoming God as fully as he became man. Here below he is without a father, but on high he is without a mother, but both these states belong to divinity. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes, but when he rose from the tomb, he laid aside the shroud. He had no form or comeliness, but on the mountains he shone with splendor more dazzling than the sun and the foretaste of his glory. As man he was baptized, but as God he washed away our sins. He had no need of purification, but he washed to sanctify the waters. And he had no need of purification because he sanctified the waters, of course. But he said, as a man, he was tempted, but as God, he triumphed. And he exhorts us to be confident because he has overcome the world. He was hungry, but he fed thousands. And he is the living bread which came down out of heaven. He was thirsty, but he cried, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And he promised that believers should become springs of living water. He knew weariness, but he is the rest for us all who labor and are heavy laden. He prays, but he answers prayers. He weeps, but he wipes away all tears. He asks, where's Lazarus has been laid? Where has Lazarus been laid? For he is a man. But he raises him back to life because he is God. He has sold dirt cheap for 30 pieces of silver. But he redeems the world at a great cost, even with his own blood. 
He was weak and wounded, but he cures all infirmity and weakness. He was nailed to the wood and lifted up, but he restores us by the tree of life. He dies, but he brings to life, and by his own death destroys death. He is buried, but he rises again. He descended into hell, but he rescues the souls that are imprisoned there. So today we want to continue that thought, the humanity of God, that it was necessary that God be become fully us. Um, one writer says, um, he took our flesh and flesh became God. And God has fully become man. And that's, the ver- that's one of the things that I, I want to really focus on. So we can see that the nativity or the the incarnation or what they call it was incarnation, but we call the virgin birth, the, the virgin birth as a secret recreation by which human nature was assumed and restored to its original state. And so when we talk about um, Luke chapter 1 and this whole idea of Gabriel coming to Mary... And we know from last time that he came to Mary and he told her, you're highly favored, the Lord is with you, and blessed are you among women. And her first knee-jerk reaction was, I, she was troubled at this saying and cast in her mind, Luke chapter 1, verse 29, what manner of greeting this should be. And we talked about last time that um, sometimes hearing the message for the first time in the fullness of the grace um, I believe that the only way that you can really receive the seed of the of the what God really wants to do of manifesting the reality of Christ in us and manifesting this divine nature is come to come through the message of the angelos or the messenger or the message of grace and grace in the sense of unmerited favor now I know that um, if we were carnal or religious, we would look at Mary's life and try to dissect and figure out why angel, why the angel Gabriel came and why he said these words. Well, surely it was because of where she lived or where she came from or who her family was or where she went to church or probably because she was a virgin or maybe she was just that pure. But, you know, it's hard for us to realize this amazing grace that God has for our lives. And... I, I love this because while she's sitting there troubling in her mind, wondering what in the world is being said, and, and, and a lot of people feel that way, and I know the first time I heard this message 10 years ago um, of the kingdom and being like God, being like Christ and manifesting Christ's consciousness, and and when I first started hearing this 10 years ago, it, it was a real struggle for me. And the reality was I didn't think I could get there from where I was. And uh, number one and number two, I thought I had already attained everything that I needed to get at at that point in my life. And so it was I was scared of this uh, revelation that there was something more. And the only people that are really receptive to it are the ones who are ready to change unto it and the ones who are, are, you know, God is like stripping them from one thing and transitioning them into another. And they're open to the message of the kingdom and the reality of the divine life and so mary's walking around and all of a sudden while she's wondering what this is going on then angel the angel gabriel goes home and says fear not 
For you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus and he shall be great in the earth. And you know the story. I just want to tell you that um, all throughout time, when God was going to do amazing things on the earth, the message of the hour was fear not. And the message of the hour from the prophets were not only fear not, but I am with you. Whenever Joshua was ready to go in and lead a, a new, uh, lead a group of people into a new realm, in a realm they've never been before, when he did that, it took the message of God to come to him and say, Fear not, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And not only that, every place that you put your feet, I will give it to you, and I will surely do what I promised. And I remember in Ezra and, and Nehemiah when they were rebuilding the temple and rebuilding the wall, it was the prophets that came to them. And it was the prophets that said, Fear not, and the Lord is with you. You see, the message of the prophet is, Fear not, the Lord is with you. It doesn't matter what you do or what you're about. It matters who you are. And the message of the prophetic voice in this hour is needed so much because... It is the message of Gabriel that says you are highly favored. You know, I, I, go in, I go in and minister a lot of times to groups and churches. And, and my, my message is, is pure and simple. You know, God is in all things. God is helping you process what you've been through. But the reality, God is still for you. And sometimes the pastors are so, um, I want to say, just caught up in the moment of observing people's lives from a natural point of view, which you have to do. And we, we, you know, we as leaders, we know where our people are at. We know what all they've been doing and what they're involved in and all that. But yet when you have an outside voice and message that comes in with so much grace and love and says, God is still with you, God is still for you, still pouring out. How many people have been to meetings and and the and the and the and the guy preaching or whatever minister and the prophetic or whatever and he gets out and he starts giving words to people that you're like going oh man he's what they don't deserve it you see that's the reality is deep 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 seated in our hearts many of us have subtly bought into the lie that you only get what you deserve it's called assumptive responsibility and you get what you got coming to you and karma and you always get what you got you know but if that would be the truth then none of us would have anything um so we don't always get what we deserve but we get what what um and we don't always get what we're called to but we get what we agree with and that's what i want to tell you today you you don't always get what you deserve Sometimes hard work don't pay off, and sometimes sowing seeds don't bring in millions. But if you keep doing it faithfully enough, you're going to get something in God that's worth more than money. And uh, I was telling my friend today, he and uh, we were texting back and forth, and he was going, you know, I used to think wealth was this and wealth was that. And I said, you know, I just telling my wife last week, um, I'm amazed at a lot of my friends that, text me or call me and tell me you know what's God telling you and I'm like honestly swear on my life I wake up at two three four in the morning all the time I have notes stacked up of God talking to me and having thoughts and realizing that I'm just so fooled I got nowhere else to uh 
put out what I'm learning. That's how much I'm hearing God. And I told my friend today, I I realize I have the most valuable thing because I have the ability to hear him in a realm and in a day and a time when people can't hear him, not for themselves. And they have to turn on something and hear something to inspire them or whatever. And uh, I think it's a time, it's a great, great thing for us to be able to all hear. But it comes from agreement. I didn't get it because I deserved it. And I didn't get it because I did great works and stayed faithful. Matter of fact, I'm probably the most unworthy of the people listening. But what I did was stay in agreement with, you know, the basic John 10. I, Father, I thank you. I hear your voice. A stranger I'll not follow. And for years I quoted that. And I affirmed that until I could agree with it in my spirit till it became a part of who I am. And so there's a, there's a realm where, where, where you have to let the good news that God has created you to higher realms. God has an unlimited potential and purpose in your life. And even as crazy as it sounds, you have to agree with it and quit looking for reasons to disagree just agree with it i mean mary was troubled with it but you have to agree and then then she said well how's it gonna be so she's already rationalizing in her brain okay now you say when i'm going to have a child in my womb and i'm going to bring forth but how will this be since i know not a man how can this be verse 34 luke chapter 134 how can this physically happen so she can't get out of this realm to realize the full potential of what God's trying to do. And what he actually did was, we talked about it last time, Adam was a man living in God's world, living in God. And now in the recreated process, God now through Jesus Christ is living in man. God in Adam's world was lit. Man was living in God, and now he's recreated the whole energy and put us in right perspective. And it says, even as he has become all flesh, he's consumed all flesh. It's already holy. It's already come. It's already done. Paradise is already here. But the reality is, we cannot, we haven't allowed ourselves the grace to agree with it because our carnal mind and our flesh gives us 15,000 reasons why we don't deserve it. We, it gives us reasons like, how can this man be? So the first message that came, Mary was saying, I'm troubled at this. I perplex. It says she was troubled in her mind of what matter of salutation this was. She did not agree with it. She did not understand it. She did not believe that she deserved it. She didn't know that this kind of grace was available for her. And yet, then later on, he says, well, you're going to have Jesus. He's going to be the son of God, the throne of David. Kingdom will last forever. And verse 34, and then Mary says to the angel, how shall this thing be, seeing that I know not a man? So she's already trying to figure out, how's this going to happen? And that's where we're at. I mean, you have to go through the stages of First of all, I have to go come into an agreement with God says for my life, my purpose, my future, my destiny, whatever that means, whatever manifesting Christ through me in God's eyes is, that's what I got to agree with. I got to quit being troubled over my own life. Then you got to 
then as you progress in the message and you start living your life and you you observe things in your life you got to reject and neglect everything that tries to define you outside of what he says of you in other words everything in everything around you probably your pocketbook your job your friends where you go to church all these things are trying to send a message to you that this great thing that that the angelos messages come to you is probably not going to happen you have to you cannot align yourself you can't be conditioned by your condition and allow your circumstance to define what god has already told you so you have to come into agreement and then you have to resist the temptation to try to figure out how it's going to happen that is the greatest temptation i find myself still looking for open doors and stuff but I'm looking in order to make this thing happen. And God's trying to teach me the open doors is so that I can do what I want to do happen. I'm not trying to make anything happen because it's already happened. And I don't know if that makes sense. But she said, how can this thing be since I know not a man? Well, thank God he just didn't stop there. He said, here's how it's going to happen. And when you're trying to figure out, see, the, the first process is you got to come in agreement with him. I don't care how crazy of a vision that God has for your life. I don't care how amazing. It doesn't even matter because the reality is if you deserved it, then I can just tell you it ain't of God. It's not big enough. If it's something that you can do on your own, then it's not God calling you to it. It's got to be something so amazing that only God, like for say this podcast, only God would have someone all over the world to hear this and to make something happen for me. You, you know what I mean? So that's where I'm at. So I realize that this thing is so big, first of all. So I tell people all the time, if you're, if you're a thing that God's called you to or to be a part of or the purpose or the destiny of the future or the reason, if your little slice of Christology or Christ consciousness, if you deserve any of it, then you probably have a really good picture of it. And that's just the facts. And I, I hate to say that. And yeah, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my life for there. There, I used to tell people all the time: if a man knows his calling, he'll live for it. But if he ever gets a chance and a taste to to experience a little moment of that calling, he'll die for it. And that's where I'm at. I'm I'm trying to die to myself and realize I don't deserve any of it. And secondly. I got to come in agreement with it. So I come in agreement with God and resist the temptation to figure out why, what I do deserve and what I don't deserve. And then sometimes you fluctuate and you go, well, yeah, I do deserve it. And the reality is you're just called to it. Just accept it. And secondly, what I want to leave you with today, because I, I think we're running out of time, because I like to keep these short so people can listen to them while you know, they're not that long. And uh, my second thought on this subject, and we'll we'll fit, pick it up again next time, is Mary had to, she tried to figure out how can this thing be. And this is where a lot of us are at. I, I've, I've gone through the agreement stage, and I've gone, I'm at the stage of trying to figure out how this is going to happen. So I'm doing things that can lead me, that can open possibilities and potential. And I'm not trying to make anything happen, but I have to resist the temptation to figure out how this is going to happen. And so the angel Gabriel 
she says, how's this going to happen since I haven't been with a man? How am I going to get pregnant I haven't been with a man? I mean, you think about it. You think about the the unbelievable promiseness of this whole God thing, the humanity of God, that he would come into a virgin through the Holy Spirit, which she had never physically been with a man. Oh, my God. It, you can't wrap your mind around it. But if you could, it would be the same way that he's going to manifest himself in your life. He's going to come into the undeserving that accepts his favor, that believes, accepts his word. He's going to come to the to the virgin that has no no abilities, no real rhyme or reason why he chose you, but he chose you. And the angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. And therefore that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the son of God. So there's agreement. And then you have to resist the temptation to figure out how it's going to happen. And you do that by coming into a revelation of the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. It said the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. That's bringing you into unknown realms. That's that's learning to step out in the unknown realm when you get to that place, the overshadowing. And I, I want to say this in closing before we leave today, that it says that holy thing which shall born of you, shall be born of you, shall be called the Son of God. That word thing is the word rhema, which means the consummation of the all-conclusive thought and sentence of God in manifestation forms now we know the logos the logos dwelt among us the logos is the intended thought of God expressed so it's the image the logos is the image it's the intent it's the image it's the expression tension of his heart but the rhema is the manifestation of the intent of the heart or the reality which is the likeness so we see again the recreation of the image and the likeness he is the logos born of the you know it says we beheld the logos the word the logos became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory so we saw the image of god through jesus christ we saw what is the image when it reflects to us and it's like a magnet and it's our job now to to manifest and restore the likeness which is the rhema of god which is the thoughts and the angel said you're receiving the Logos, but you're going to manifest the Rhema. You're going to bring forth the manifestation of everything thought intended of God. So today I'll leave you with that and uh, drop me a line. God bless you guys so much and pass this on. Um, so today my thought is to let you understand through 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 Mary, through virgin birth, is the the first phase is you you must um accept the undeservingness of it and number two you be in a phase of life to understand that you can't always try to figure out what how it's going to happen because if you do then you limit it all over again god bless you i hope to see everyone soon somewhere around a meeting somewhere pass this on email me let me know what's up love you bye